Hey, hey D&D, D&D fam. fam. I'm Quick. And I'm Lee. And you're listening to Divas and Duckets. So what is a diva? I think divas get a bad rep. But to me, diva is all about the attitude. As for Duckets, it's your finances, your assets, Skrilla, Guap, your coin. We're talking all things with the potential to affect your pockets. And while we're attorneys by trade, we are divas by choice. Divas and Duckets is for entertainment purposes. Y'all, we are not Series 511 <laughs> or 703 professionals. This does not create a financial advisor nope, nope. or attorney-client relationship. The views expressed here are solely our opinions and the opinions of our guests. It's just our opinions, y'all. Okay, Divas, let's talk Duckets. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> hey, Kevin. You're right. watching. <laughs> Welcome back, D&D fam. We're excited to have you here. If you haven't clicked subscribe, I don't understand. Go ahead and do it. Right. Follow us if you are watching. Mm-hmm. Um, as we say, we are Divas and Duckets on all the things, Instagram and Facebook. So make sure you check us out. So what are we going over on this Diva Docket today? So it is, of course, November and going into that enrollment season for corporate uh, mm-hmm. for a lot of jobs. But definitely for corporate, it's that enrollment season. So we're going to be talking about retirement savings and retirement accounts. What's the difference? It can get overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Are you contributing? All the things. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about today. The retirement, the basics of 401k and the IRA. All right. So we uh, do not tackle this by ourselves because, you know, again, as I said on the tax episode, sometimes I still ask my mom what I'm supposed to put on the <laughs> W-4. So <laughs> we brought in, you know, a little more subject matter expertise to kind of talk through this. So we are going to let JB, he is very good at introducing himself. So we're going to just get into it. Welcome, JB. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, ladies, for having me. Thank y'all. I'm excited. I feel like I've made it in life. I'm up here with Diva Duckett show. You better Listen. speak that into existence. Don't give me to speak in the Holy Ghost up in here now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so tell the people a little about what you do. Yeah, so um, again, my name is Javertus Burnett. JB is just fine, but I'm the associate partner for Reveal Wealth. Uh, we are a holistic financial services firm um, that really focuses and specializes on retirement planning and accumulation and distribution. Okay. So we're in the right place to be. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Someone with some knowledge and subject matter expertise. Yes. So tell us a little bit about Reveal Wealth. When you say holistic, what does that mean? Yeah. So we are, um, we are a firm that literally, so some firms only specialize on one thing. Like mm-hmm. they may be able to help you when it comes to investments or maybe able to help you when it comes to retirement, maybe able to help you when it comes to insurance planning. But we are uh, we are a firm that can do holistic planning in that we lead with an actual written plan. Mm-hmm. So you're not guessing, like we're gonna talk about a little bit later, like you don't have to guess like, ooh, I hope I'm ready for retirement. Like, no, we sit down, what's your goals, what's your objectives? Mm-hmm. And we start at the end and work our way back to what we need to be doing today. Gotcha. So, and we we're also a firm that don't have to outsource anything. So we can do all of our own plan creation and all of our own implementation, whether it's stocks, bonds, mutual funds, disability, life insurance, the whole nine, we can do everything without having to outsource it out to anybody else. 
Gotcha. I love that. We start at the end and we yeah. back it up. Back to your today. way into it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is important. Yes, it is. So, you know, a lot of people, I guess the most common forms of retirement accounts are like your 401k and your IRA. So talk a little bit to the people, like what are they and like what is the difference maybe? Yeah. So um, your they're, they're both what we call qualified plans. And the only thing that a qualified plan means uh, is that these are plans that the IRS has built into their tax code to say, we're going to give you some type of preferential tax treatment Mm -hmm. if you utilize these plans. And so with an IRA, it's literally just an individual retirement account. Like that's what it's, it's, what it's for is in its name, right? 401k, same thing. It's a segment of the IRS tax code that allows us to put money back in a tax efficient way and pull that money out later when we need it. So with the um, the, the major differences between the two are the contribution limits mm-hmm. and where they're originated. So mm-hmm. 401ks are typically originated with your employer. Mm-hmm. Um, your employer chooses a plan administrator, though that individual or that company administrates and organizes a plan for your whole company. Mm-hmm. And when you go through and you sit down with HR or whoever they tell you, hey, here's what we offer, take it or leave it. You get to, you you want to be a part of this or you don't, we're going to match. Some people don't match. Some people will match, which we'll get into some of that. But it's employer driven. The 401k is employer driven. Mm-hmm. They offer it to you. You don't have to participate. You can participate. And the limits for the 401k are typically higher than the IRA. So for 401k, you can do up to $19,500 a year as mm-hmm. of 2021, as of right now, okay. um, into this 401k. So that's about $1,625 a month that you can put into the 401k. IRAs are self-driven or self-structured, meaning you yourself have to go out and um, work with, get a broker dealer or a financial professional, you reach out to your bank, whatever that looks like for you, set it up yourself, you have more flexibility as far as funds and how you want to fund it, mm-hmm. but the limits are smaller. So the 2021 limits for IRAs are $6,000, unless you're over 50 years old, you can do a catch up, you can do a thousand dollars. But it's up to you to set up that IRA as an individual, that's the name IRA, individual retirement. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with your job and it follows you wherever you go. So when you you said catch up, that if you're 50 and over, you could do how much extra than the six? Yeah, so you can do uh, you could do seven thousand instead of six thousand okay. into your IRA. Got you. And instead of nineteen five, I think with your four one k, you could do twenty six. Okay, got you. And for the four one k, is that limit per person or is that a house limit? Like if you're married? No, so that's per person. So okay. that's in, limited per person with gotcha. your four one. So if you have a household and you both are working, you both are making, you both can put up the 19500 into your personal 401ks at your job. Got you. And so I know, like you said, with 401k, it's employer driven, but is there for an IRA, like, I don't know, say there's some young entrepreneur, is there an age limit to start an IRA? Uh, no, there's not. Um, as a matter of fact, um, in which... We didn't necessarily talk about Roths, but Roths are a version of IRA. So you have a Roth IRA Mm -hmm. and a traditional IRA. Okay. And a Roth simply just means we're putting um, post-tax dollars. So these dollars with the Roth, 
these dollars, you've already paid taxes on the money that you're putting inside of that 401k. I mean, that IRA mm-hmm. or 401k, because you can do a Roth 401k too. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that. Um, but that Roth, you've already paid taxes on that money. That money is going to grow tax free. and You get to pull that money out tax free. With a traditional IRA or traditional 401k, you put that money in pre-tax, mm-hmm. meaning you don't pay taxes on whatever you, you make a hundred thousand. You put six thousand in. You're only going to pay taxes on ninety-four, not a hundred. Mm-hmm. It grows tax deferred, and when you take the money out in the future, you have to end up paying taxes on that. So, um, what was your original question? Why did I say all that? <laughs> Just the age limit on like yeah. So there's no age limit. yeah. So I said all that because <laughs> there's no age limit. I just set one up. I set a rock up mm-hmm. for a young lady who's seventeen years old. Okay. Right. Now, her mom is she she works. The only rule is you have to be you must be employed. Okay. Right? Okay. So you, you can't just set up. I was about to get one from a nine year old. <laughs> no, they have to be employed. Okay. Now you can employ them. Yes. That's a whole other story right. for another day. Right. You can employ them, but they have to be employed. Okay. They have to be actually earning income. And you can put up to a hundred percent of your income up to six thousand dollars inside of it. So okay. yeah. Ooh. Okay, so I think that makes sense for the entrepreneur, right? Because you were talking about with the Roth is after-tax dollars. Mm -hmm. How would you put, like I said, I think it makes sense to me in my mind for the entrepreneur, you know, you get that income, we haven't Mm -hmm. paid taxes on it. I could put that inside. But for a person that's working like a nine-to-five, if I also wanted to do an IRA, wouldn't that be after-tax dollars or should I be opening a Roth and not an IRA? So it really, honestly, and you guys did an amazing job with your disclaimer beforehand, but I'm going to do my own. Per- like, this is not personal advice. Right? Right, so right. Y'all need, if you need personal advice, like, let's sit down. We can chop it up. We'd love to talk right. to anybody. Um, friends of Divas and Duckies is a friend of mine. So we, we got you. We'll talk to you. But um, it really going to it's going to depend on your goals, your objectives mm-hmm. and your current financial position. Right. So mm-hmm. some people need that tax break that the qualified mm. plan gives, right? Mm-hmm. Some people need to be able to have that write-off. You know, they might not have the kids or don't have a business. Like you said, let's say you're in corporate America and you're earning $150,000, $200,000. You're looking, most times you're looking for tax breaks. You're mm-hmm. looking for opportunities mm-hmm. to help you tax-wise. Mm-hmm. So that IRA is that. But if you don't have a problem, so to speak, with the tax bill, you found other ways to uh, reasonably control your tax obligation and tax debts and tax bill, then definitely the Roth makes sense. So there are pros and cons to any mm-hmm. of them, right? So mm-hmm. the, the benefit to doing a traditional is I get to defer those taxes. I don't have to pay the taxes right now. It's going to decrease my taxable obligations today. Right. The downfall to that is I honestly have no clue what the tax bracket's going to be or the yeah. tax rate's going to be in the future when I pull this right. money out. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. The benefits to the Roth is that I know exactly what tax rates are today mm-hmm. and I'm putting this money in, this money's going to grow tax-free and I'm going to actually take it out tax-free. One of the things I run across a lot when I'm dealing with clients is you have these amazing professionals who work their whole lives and they're at retirement and they're like, yes, I got $1.4 million in my 401k or I got this and they've not paid taxes on it. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize that. You eh, don't have $1.4 yeah, you don't have the buying power of one point four million dollars in this in this account, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You have one point four million on paper, but you don't have that buying power. Mm-hmm. And so it all goes back to uh, to what we was talking about um, earlier. 
starting at the end. You know, Stephen Covey says that we want to begin with the end in mind. Like, right. what's our exact goal? Where are we trying to go? What balance of assets do we need at retirement? And then let's work our way back. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, and speaking of which, because I used to... um do this I know a lot of people do when they move jobs because nowadays like to some extent Gen, Gen X but definitely millennials we're not staying at companies for 20-30 years anymore mm-hmm. we're you know every about 3 to 5 is okay <laughs> right. so you know what are your thoughts on rolling a 401k over so basically if you had $20,000 that you accrued at company X I'm going to company Y let me put, go put my $20,000 in at company Y mm-hmm. like what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on doing that so there's a couple of things. So first of all, you are so right. We're not staying at jobs 20, 30 years anymore. That's a thing of the past mm-hmm. for most people. There are some exceptions to the rules. Um, people will tell you a whole bunch of different stuff. So I have a ton of folks, even in the financial services, everybody disagrees on this. So it's more <laughs> personal preference because mm-hmm. there are some financial advisors that say, don't ever like roll your money over, always take it out and do some, but there are some perks to rolling it over. So. Okay. There are pros and cons to everything, mm-hmm. and I'll share the pros and cons. And what fits best for you is what you what you typically want to do, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about rolling over, the benefit of rolling it over to an, to your new employer is number one, those funds typically your employer has a large pool of money. The way fees are charged on money that's invested in the market is the more money you have, the smaller the fee. So if this same plan advisor is managing all the money for your entire firm, everybody who has their 401k with them, they're going to charge you a lower fee than I would if you brought over $200,000 individually, Mm -hmm. right? So if you brought over $200,000 individually, your $200,000, of course, is less than the $200,000 of all 10,000 employees of your company. Right. So you're going to get a much lower fee by staying with your current 401k. Mm Mm-hmm. You also maintain, um, you also maintain what, what borrowing rights, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. So you actually can borrow from your four hundred one k for certain reasons, right? Mm-hmm. I don't typically suggest people do it, but you can. You have access to. You have the capacity to. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you borrow against that, you get to access that money without paying a ten percent penalty if you're under fifty nine and a half years old. Okay. With a traditional IRA, so when you roll that money over, first of all, you roll it over into an IRA, mm-hmm. a standalone IRA. When you roll it over, most times, unless you meet some exclusions uh, here or there, but most times you can't access that money. You can't borrow from that money. Mm-hmm. You can take money out and pay a penalty mm-hmm. if you're under 59 and a half years old, but it becomes a little bit more difficult to take that money out, right? The other thing is you're going to pay a little bit higher fee. Now, the benefit to rolling it over to an IRA is that you have more flexibility and control over where you put your money, mm. right? Um, your company might, the company you're going to might not have a good track record or not, might not have a well-managed portfolio. Mm-hmm. So how you can leverage that money, whether it's, um, and your options are pretty simple. Uh, you can either take it all out, of course, which I never recommend because mm-hmm. you're going to pay taxes up front and a penalty if you're less than 59 and a half years old. But you can take it out. You can roll it over into an IRA with somebody like myself or somebody else that you're working with, and we can manage it for you. Or you can roll it over into a self-directed IRA and invest it how you choose. That's a whole nother topic for another day. Mm-hmm. But 
you can roll those over and you have uh, greater control over what exactly you invest in, but less liquidity, so to speak, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. There are ways that you can roll it over and uh, kind of guarantee that you preserve that principle mm-hmm. and don't lose. So that's another reason why some people like to roll it over and take it out of their plans. And so I'll do those for people often. Uh, we create what we call holding sales. So yeah, they pay a little bit of a higher fee than they would if they left it in their with their employer. Mm-hmm. But we we put that IRA inside of um, inside of a vehicle that allows it not to have any of the market risk. So we got all the upside that the market can provide without having to take any risk. So there's it's, it's all depends. Again, it mm-hmm. all goes back to your specific goals. And there are times where both are appropriate. Got you. Got you. Mm-hmm. So, and when you were talking about rollover, because you were saying if it st- sticks with the employer, when you talking about rolling it over, are you not rolling it over to the new company's four hundred one k? Yeah, so you're rolling okay. it over to the new company's four hundred one k, or rolling it over into your okay. own IRA. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, rolling over. And another option that we didn't mention. Another option is you do have the option most of the time to leave it with your old employer, but mm-hmm. I never recommend that. I, I never recommend. That. Why? Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, they can call you. No, uh, <laughs> no. So it's, it's pretty simple. Um, most of the time, like you're not going to get updates when they make when they make changes to the plan. You don't have any say so. Whatever that company does, you don't work for that company anymore. Yeah. And whatever they do, you just kind of got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But the main that's one reason. The main reason is I can't tell you the number of people that I see on a monthly basis who have a plan with an old employer that they never moved. And now that HR team is not there anymore, that, that it used to be with one company, now the, mm-hmm. another company manages it mm-hmm. and they have no clue how to find money. And they legitimately have money sitting out there and they just don't know where it's at. So mm-hmm. really you just don't want to have to deal with that. Yeah. And I know one thing like that I just, it seems silly because I guess, you know, when you're younger, you don't think much about it, but when you're onboarding to a new company, one thing I, I just didn't realize until maybe a few years ago was like when they give you this plan, you can actually customize your 401k. So like, yes. you know, a lot of times when people um, investment speak, they'll ask, you know, are you more aggressive or conservative mm-hmm. or whatever? I know for me, like I'm still in a space where I'm more aggressive, like I'm willing to take the risk. And so. I was able to like look at it and say like, okay, mm-hmm. like, eh, that's, I don't want to do that or whatever. So even that, I think, you know, to, to JB's point, you no longer have the access to know like, okay, what is this? Cause, um, the typical thing is they, they calculate like, I don't know if you're 62 or 65, mm-hmm. they put you in this group, like, Oh, the 2050 group, this is what you're going to do. Right. And so you can, you could do a lot more and, and you just won't know that if you're no longer with the company. Exactly. Exactly. You won't have a clue as to what those options are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about my favorite topic of 401ks, matching. Okay. <laughs> let's do it. So your company matches up to a certain percentage. Let's say you're at one of the companies that matches up to mm-hmm. a certain percentage. How do you feel about maxing out that match, going over the match? Oof. My mama loved a max. <laughs> I was a maxer too until Leandra convinced me not to be. I don't. I love it. No, no. <laughs> 
Don't so, put this on me. So if I can't retire right, I'm just playing. It's her fault. It's her. Uh, and, but I'm gonna look at you and be like, why are you taking advice from somebody who told you not to take advice from her? I told you. I was like, I mean, <laughs> I, just, I, just presented, I just presented the logic. I was like, I mean. Play the intro for her again. Play the intro. <laughs> I told her. Right? No, so that that is a great question. And y'all are gonna, listen, y'all are gonna hate me because my my entire method, I am a goal-based financial planner. So I don't make recommendations or right. solutions, instructions to my clients without goals. Right. Everybody is different, mm-hmm. right? Everybody is different. So what I will say is number one, you definitely want to put up to the point that they match. Mm-hmm. That's without question. That's free money. If anybody's putting free money on the table and telling you to come get it, go get it. Right. So if you're not contributing up to the max, right now stop what you're doing and go contribute up to the max that's free money and we're leaving it on the table Mm -hmm. go get now as far as above and beyond that it really just depends right on what your goals are and so i did this because i figured you would ask me that question so i i I did a little hypothetical scenario look at him (laughs) so i did a little hypothetical scenario so i got my girl her name is diva duckett right she's 37 years old okay Okay, diva 37 she makes one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars a year. Get it. She wants to retire at age sixty, right? right. Well, we're just going to assume she got those good genes, so she's going to live to be a ninety years old. Mm-hmm. And she already has one hundred and eighty-four thousand dollars in retirement. I mean, in her retire in her four hundred one k, right? So she has one hundred eighty-four thousand dollars in her four hundred one k. She wants to retire with a hundred thousand dollars a year at retirement that will last her forever. Okay, she wanna live good. Right? Okay. You wanna be comfortable. We've already done the math. She's not gonna have any debt and all that kind of stuff. She just wanna be able to travel, entertain, and have a good time. Right? All right. So if she does that, if she's doing that, and let's assume she's doing six percent right now, she's contributing six percent and her company's matching six percent. Well, if she wants to meet that goal with her 401k only. She needs to put, if she's going to do the traditional route, she needs to put an extra $1,067 a month into her 401k, Hmm. right? That's what she needs to be putting in. If she goes the Roth option, which most companies, you can do both. Mm -hmm. So let's say she goes the Roth option. If she goes the Roth 401k option, she only needs to put $777 a month into her 401k to meet her retirement goal. So if I only need to put $777 away every month to meet my retirement goal, why am I going to go and put $1,625 a month? Mm. So now we free up almost $1,000 because remember, she can't touch that money without penalty until she's 60 years old. Even though like we can take out what we put in, that's a whole other story. We can take out what we put in as long as we've been contributing at least five years, Mm -hmm. but in theory, we can't take the growth from none of those until we're six, 59 and a half years old. Mm-hmm. So why am I going to tie up an extra $1,000 a month that I can't touch to sometime in the future that's actually going to create a surplus in the future, which means I might end up dying with a whole bunch of money in my 401k. Right. And contrary to popular belief, y'all didn't bring me on here for this topic today, but 401k surplus is not the best way to leave a legacy to your children and your grandchildren and the nonprofits that you love. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to spend every dime in my 401k as best as I can. And I'm leaving my kids a legacy a totally different way. Mm-hmm. Right? So 
If that's the case, and it only takes me $777 a month to reach my goal, mm -hmm. I need to put $777 a month, free up that extra almost $1,000. I can put that to work for me now mm -hmm. to help me build and accelerate wealth now, mm -hmm. pay off debt now, do all this stuff now. Now, conversely, if she didn't have $184,000 set aside in retirement and she's just getting started, well, guess what? We need $1,136 more on top of what she's already putting. Mm -hmm. That person probably need to go ahead and max it out because right. maxing it out helps them get to their goal. Right. Mm -hmm. So you really just got to sit down and do the numbers. And the only way you're going to do that is by doing what we talked about earlier, starting at the end. Hey, I want to retire at 60. I want to have $100,000. How much do I need to be able to generate the income I want? How much do I need in this big bucket of money over here? Mm -hmm. And then we back that up and say, what do we already have? And now we can figure out almost down to the dollar what we need to be contributing. And we let the numbers tell us if we need to max it out or not. Gotcha. Like that. Now shout out to the deal. <laughs> right. It's <Ducky. laughs> Um. So did you want to talk about the risk, some of the 4K risk with... You know, people jumping off the roofs in 2008. Oh, so, and JB might explain it a little better than me. But essentially, you know, it's risky from the standpoint of you don't know when you retire what the economy is going to look like, right? So exactly. I always like, and I'm sure some people don't like, you know, they would cringe at me saying this. But I kind of like in your 401k retirement plan, it's kind of like gambling that's not so, like, Ooh, sinful. You know what I mean? Like most people, some people look at gambling like, ooh, you know, uh -huh. it's kind of like seedy. Mm -hmm. well, but in a way, 401k, you're kind of gambling on how things are going to be, mm -hmm. how a certain stock's going to perform, et cetera. So, you know, 2008 was a financial crisis and many people lost their lives. life savings. Some people took their lives. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so yeah. I think one of the things that I would like to understand more from you, JB, is when you retire, so you're coming down that, you know, I want to retire at 60. We, no, we, no, no, we, no, no, What happened? Can you hear us? Y'all went, you froze up for a second. Okay, I hear you back now. Okay, so where were where, 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 where? You said one of the things I, and then your face twisted and you look real. Like, <laughs> so, no, um, I think I was saying in terms of like, I look at 401k and, and IRA and investing, investing is kind of like gambling. In a way, uh -huh. it's less seedy to some people because it's more, you know, corporate and it's the thing to do. But um, back in 2008, you know, a lot of people who were retiring during that time and the market crashed, their money isn't what they thought it would be, uh -huh. you know, led to a lot of fallout. So one of the things that I would like to understand from you more is when you're coming. So let's say Miss Duckett is uh -huh. approaching 60. Uh -huh. When you and the bottom fall out. Right. So how does that work in retirement with can you change your I don't know if they're like contributions mm -hmm. or do you sh make a shift or something like that as you get closer? Like, how does that whole thing work? So I'm going to answer that, but I'm going to go back to, to, to your beginning first. So as far as the gambling piece, mm -hmm. it's only gambling if you don't plan properly. Okay. Right. So it's only gambling if you don't plan properly. So one of the things that we try to make sure we do with our team at Reveal is we want to make sure that our clients are completely bulletproof. Mm -hmm. Meaning if you retire today and 40%, the market dropped 40, 50% tomorrow, we don't even care because mm -hmm. we plan for this, mm -hmm. right? We made a plan for this. We created contingencies for this very thing. And so 
historically, and so just bear with me for a second. Yeah, right. Historically, right, since 1926 to now, mm -hmm. the stock market's only been down three years in a row, at least three years in a row, three times. Mm -hmm. Right. So that was the Great Depression. That was World War II. It was the oil crisis of the 70s. The Great Recession, it was down two years in a row, but it was down really, really bad in 2008. Mm -hmm. right? So it was down really, really bad. So with that being said, you have zero dollars in your 401k, just so y'all know. Mm -hmm. There's no dollars in your 401k, zero, okay? You have shares that have been assigned a value. So you might have 10,000 shares at $131 a share or whatever the case might be. You have shares that have been assigned a value. Mm -hmm. And if you go to bed tonight and those shares are worth $131 a share and wake up in the morning, they're worth 60, you've lost a lot of value in that account on paper, mm -hmm. right? But I only the only way I realize that loss um, is if I sell my asset while it's down. Mm -hmm. So if I know that historically only only the market's only been down three years in a row, three times since 1926, the odds are in my favor. So what I want to make sure of above anything else is I want to make sure every single client that we're helping with retirement planning has at least three to four years of cash just sitting off to the side that's not correlated and not attached to the stock market. Mm -hmm. Right? So if we got some cash not attached to the stock market, the market goes down. So our rule is really simple when we start talking about distribution. Mm -hmm. We don't double dip, right? We do not take money out of the market years following when the market was down. We let that money rebound and we take money from over here on this safe place. Mm -hmm. So that means I got to actually have a safe place. So that's that's the first thing. And we'll talk about that safe place shortly. But to your point, your actual question, like, what do we do? We can position ourselves to become more and more conservative the closer that we get. So that's the traditional line of thought is that I want to become more and more conservative the closer I get to retirement. Mm -hmm. right? So we start scaling back. So you, you, you talked about you in a place right now where you're pretty aggressive. Mm -hmm. Well, when you reach that 55th birthday, you might say, okay, well, I'm reaching a five year stretch, mm -hmm. right? Well, let me dial back some, let me not take as much risk. Right. If we're doing a good job and if you start early enough, and that's why I always tell people the best day to start planning for retirement was yesterday, but the second best day is today. So get started now. <laughs> and But if you're starting early enough and we've already built up to where we can guarantee we got this cash pool sitting there, mm -hmm. we can still be aggressive even through our retirement. So um, my mom is retiring next year, mm -hmm. right? So my mom's 65-ish, I think. Mm -hmm. If you're watching, well, I'm sorry. But I think she's 65. I right? see mama, she's fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, mom's 65, right? Mm -hmm. And she's retiring next year. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? She's 65 and retiring next year. Guess what? We're still pretty aggressive in the stock market with her. Why? Because we have at least three years worth of cash just sitting over here. So if the market goes down, mm -hmm. we pull money from here until the market resets right. and gets back up to where it needs to be. So we we just have to have everything goes back again to having a plan mm -hmm. and if our plan does not include a, a cash safety net then we have to as we get closer to that mark we have to start getting more and more conservative i have a lot of clients that out inherit inherit 
that their uh, financial advisor may have retired or mm -hmm. may have unfortunately passed away or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they may be closer to retirement. They may be within that five year window, right? We'll have time to create a three to four year pool of money to just right. sit on the sideline. So for those people, our strategy is, hey, let's get more and more conservative. Let's scrape off a lot of our earnings now. Mm -hmm. Let's pull those earnings out now that we've earned and let's guarantee that they're not gonna go backwards and let's be more conservative with what we're putting in going forward. And we wanna to try to make sure that we can preserve those that, those earnings and gains for as long as we can. So yeah. just all depends about how you've planned. Got you. And then it also made me think, cause I, I can't think exactly like what I was thinking about, but I do remember during <laughs> COVID thinking about the retirement, people that are already taking their retirement, right? Can you change? Or just because I mean they're obviously not still contributing, yeah, at the time that they're retiring. But can they change? Mm -hmm. I guess how it's being invested, how that, yeah. how to count. Yeah. So with with that, you're able to change. So it just depends, right? So one of the things that people put a whole lot of effort and thought into is where do I put my money mm -hmm. to grow it for retirement. What most people don't put as much effort and energy into is what's going to be my distribution strategy in retirement how am i actually going to take this money out right and so a lot of people use what we call the four percent rule or five percent rule where they're saying hey we're going to take four percent of our total portfolio out every month or every year and use that to live off of mm -hmm. problem with that is i'm super vulnerable when the market goes down because mm -hmm. i'm having to sell more shares to get the same amount of money that i need to live month to month right and so you can change that at any time, but typically, I tell everybody, if, if we all knew when the market was gonna go down and when it was gonna go up, we'd all be rich. Right. We don't know that, mm -hmm. right? We can follow some trends and we can do all this stuff, but we can't predict, predict the exact date, the exact time, what's gonna be going on. I don't know if you're gonna be out on the water fishing, right? If mm -hmm. Mr. Johnny's retired, he might be out on the water fishing when the market goes down, he come back to the house and he's lost half his portfolio. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm without having a chance to make that adjustment. So I know I'm boring y'all. No, you not right. I'm sorry. I actually just said that. I was like, my you grandma would shake her head because I just thought like, no man knows the day or the hour. <laughs> <laughs> we just gotta it's have true. a plan, right? We gotta have a, just like we have an accumulation plan. Like, hey, I need to put $777 a month to get my goal. I need to put $1,062 a month to get my goal. Mm -hmm. We need to also have a distribution plan mm -hmm. that prevents us from having to worry about that, right? So a lot of people will take that and they'll, they'll turn their 401ks or IRAs into a pension mm -hmm. that pays them a guaranteed amount for the rest of their life. And if they die prematurely, leave those assets to their beneficiaries, right? Mm -hmm. But those people aren't concerned about what the stock market does. They mm -hmm. could care less because they're going to get their pension payout every single month we call it mailbox money mm. right they're going to get their mailbox money regardless of what the stock market does right. and you've taken all of that risk away from what you've grown mm -hmm. i like it yeah i love it mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm just laughing because quick had this thing it's, not, it's almost like she was a little masochist like she would check her 401k like Ooh. almost daily and i'd be like president i still do that i just don't tell you no but, more. Right. but here's boy. the thing because she was stressed like stressed like she retiring tomorrow i'd be like so i mean you still got about 20 years in the game right you still <laughs> what you doing it's, it's another thing two thousand dollars i'm like but, but so here's the thing so here's the thing quick when, when it goes down you're not losing anything no, so right now Right now, the stock market is your favorite shopping center. Mm 
Mm -hmm. right? You're young, you're powerful, you're an attorney, you're making money, you're going to make more money, you're going to get new raises, you're going to be making even more money, all this great stuff is going to happen, right? When your favorite store has a sale, do you say, man, I just bought these shoes two months ago for this much? You don't do that. You be like, girl, they are having a sale. I'm going to go get me some more. <laughs> and this time I'm going to get two pair right. or four pair or six, or whatever you're going to do. You're buying more. Right. So that's what I want you to think about whenever you look at the market and you see the market's going down. I'm not in retirement. I'm not pulling money out right now. I might need to buy some more. Or or I am buying more. Even if you're putting the same amount, if the price goes down, you're buying more shares. Right, right. Because of price. So don't look at it like I'm losing money. Be like, ooh, I bought more shares this month than I did last month. And knowing that as that value increases, you're going to, you know, if you bought 100 shares last month at $10 a share and they dropped down to $5 a mm -hmm. share and you bought 200 shares this month, when they get back to $10 a share, you're actually going to have more than doubled your money right. because you bought double shares while they was on sale. Mm -hmm. Right. So don't look at it like I'm losing my money. Look at it like, oh, I'm buying more this month. That's all. I'm going to refer her to this minute mark next time she, uh, <laughs> I wasn't freaking out like that. I just don't like to see my money move up and down. That's all. You usually didn't see them exclamations in the text. <laughs> and emojis. <laughs> um, and so you kind of already spoke to the, the penalties and stuff that are related to 401ks. People use it for different reasons to start businesses. I know, of course, a lot of people use it for medical expenses, whatever the various reasons are. Are there, first, were there like, um, COVID waivers that allow people to borrow against their 401k and not have penalties? And then two, do you know what the, are the penalties based upon the amount? Like, is it a percentage of the amount that's taken out? Yeah. So yeah, COVID did allow us to, with COVID, you could take up to $100,000 out of your 401k or IRA without penalties. Um, and a lot of people took advantage of that, which is not a bad thing per se. Um, but again, what, what, what's the goal? Why are mm -hmm. we doing it? Mm -hmm. Right? So if you had a whole bunch of credit card debt that was costing you 22, 19, 26%, stuff like that, girl, yeah, go for it. <laughs> do what you do. Right? But if you just took it out so you could ball and take some trips and do all this kind of stuff, eh, right. like, you know, we might think about this a little bit later, but COVID did allow us to do that. That was for 2020. That is off the table now. Um, and the penalty for taking money out prematurely now, the, the penalty has always been 10%. Okay. So there's a 10% fee on anything you take out before age 59 and a half, except for if it's approved for those exclusionary reasons, which are like some medical stuff, um, starting a business, buying a house. Some There's some, there's mm -hmm. some exclusionary stuff. That will waive uh, the fee. Right. Okay. You still got to pay Uncle Sam. You still got to pay taxes. Uncle Sam ain't going nowhere. Okay. Like, right. So you're paying the taxes. You're paying the penalties. Are there additional penalties if the money is not put back in a certain time? Nope. Okay. So there, there, there's not any. Like once you take it out, it's like it's, it's gonna just pay gone. That, okay. You're going to pay that 10% penalty. Now, if you borrow the money, of course, you just, you know, you're paying it back. If mm -hmm. you borrow it, but if okay. you take it out, you pay that penalty. If you borrow it, are there also penalties? If you don't pay it back, in a timely fashion, or if you miss a payment, stuff like that, they just charge you the 10% penalty and they make you pay the taxes on it as if you just withdrew the money. Okay. Ooh. So if you take it out as a loan, you're just paying the taxes, but if you with You take it out as a loan, you don't pay nothing. 
You don't pay taxes. You don't pay because you're taking it out as a loan. You okay. want to pay yourself back. Mm-hmm. If in the event that you don't pay yourself back the way that you told your employer you were going to pay, <laughs> they say, "Oh, well, she lied. She just took this. She lied. She mm-hmm. just took this money out. So you're going to get a 1099 come tax time, and they just going to charge you taxes on that money that you took out and a 10 percent penalty." Got you. Yeah. And so, and there are. Some, oh, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. No, and, and and so um I think to that point, it's like there are some ways around that stuff. Like I don't really like talking about that stuff, but there are some ways around that stuff. Um one of them being um like if you if you're in a so I work with a lot of people that are real estate investors. Mm-hmm. And I work with a lot of people who are real estate investors and have a ton of money sitting in IRAs or old 401ks. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I had a guy, so funny, I got about two years ago, had a project that he was trying to finish, mm-hmm. um, that he was like really, really trying to get finished. He had a buyer that was like ready. They yeah. were already, they were a couple of days out from going under contract. And then I think they had like a 30 day out to close or something like that. Well, the project went over budget and he needed to get his hands on a good bit of money to get the work done. The work wasn't going to take a long time. Mm-hmm. He just needed to get the extra cash. Right. And I think it was something like 42000 bucks or something like that. You need whatever. Some, it wasn't a whole, whole lot for him. But it was like, I need it quick. Right. And so what we were able to do was we were able to, and again, this is not advice. This is just telling you what happened. But we were able to take do a rollover. So we were able to take this money out of one IRA Mm-hmm. to do a rollover into another IRA. Mm-hmm. But we said, don't take any taxes out. Cause when you do a rollover, you get to decide if you want to take taxes out, how much you want to take out, all that kind of stuff. Otherwise they'll just send you a 1099 later on in the future. Mm-hmm. But you also get 60 days. You get 60 mm-hmm. days to reinvest that money without any taxes or penalties charged. Mm-hmm. Right. We took the $42,000 out of one IRA to do a rollover into the another IRA. They made the check, sent him the money, sent him the check. He cashed the check, got the real estate project, did flip the house before 60 days, took the proceeds from that real estate, got the $42,000, put it into a totally different IRA that that we did for the rollover Mm -hmm. and didn't have to pay any taxes or penalties because we did a rollover. We just floated the money in between Mm -hmm. while we were doing the real estate deal. Mm -hmm. So, um, but you gotta be real careful with that because Stuff can go wrong. And right. Yeah. Delayed so. anything. <laughs> then right. day 61 so, come, um, they be talking. Right. Well, we ready? heard it on Divas and Duckets. No, nah, you did not. <laughs> 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 Please consult your financial professional before making any financial decisions. Thank you. And okay. if you don't have one, holler at me. Thank okay. That's it. <laughs> so what, did you have a No, no, no. It just brought up my point, um, and you somewhat answered it, so it might just more so be a supplementary question. So with the, you were saying one of the exceptions with um, some of those 401k penalties if you're buying a home, does that count like if you're getting an investment property? Or does it have to be like, this no. is a First home you're buying buyer, that you're going to live? No. Yeah. No. No, it does not count? No, it does not count if you buy an investment property. And you um, can we just not call it again? It's the um, those are just one of the exceptions that you can borrow for, mm-hmm. you can borrow for, but it's for your primary residence. Got you. Okay. Not necessarily doesn't have necessarily be a first time, mm-hmm. but it is for your primary residence. Got you. Okay. Um. So, what is your recommendation? Because 
like, I mean, I thought that was really good what you said. The best time to start was yesterday, but if you can't, the best, the second best time is the present. So go ahead and start investing now. Um, for those that may be plus 35, I'll even say plus 40, closer to retirement than they are to starting their first job um, mm-hmm. and have not started the 401k process or their job might not even offer 401k. Their only option is an IRA. How do, and they want to, you know, save up. Cause, because I think the average, I was looking up some statistics, the average life expectancy of an American is 79 years old. So that's, if you retire at 65, that's 14 years of retirement that you need to be prepared for. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was like at the age of 60, most people only have $60,000 save in savings. Exactly. You know, that's excluding a retirement account, but in savings. Mm-hmm. So that 60000 is definitely not going to last you for 14 years. Right. Um, how do how do they catch up or what would be your recommendation if there maybe isn't a 401k? Because I know you said that there's a catch up clause if you're over a certain age for 401ks. Mm-hmm. Um, so more so for the people that might not have a 401k, how, how can they start saving up for retirement mm-hmm. if they're at ground zero? So if you're at ground zero, there, there's a couple of things. So first thing I tell people all the time, retirement is not a function of income. It's a function of age and cash flow. Mm-hmm age and cash flow so first thing that you got to do is wherever you are right now got to start with that goal setting like when do i want to be out when do i want to get out the game when do i so go ahead and set that heart goal if you're with if you're not with an employee that offers 401k or whatever but you are employed meaning you don't own your own business you want to do a couple of things you want to do a traditional ira and a roth ira if you can afford to, if you got the cash flow too and can afford to, you want to do both of those because you can only put six thousand in a year. If you're over fifty, you're gonna do seven thousand. So that's twelve and fourteen thousand max that you can do. So you want to start with those. That's that's kind of where you want to start. If you are a business owner or self-employed, you might want to look at what we call a simple or a SEP IRA. A simple will allow you to put up to $13,500 a year into it as a business owner. And a SEP will allow you to put, I think the limits now is 25% or $58,000 a year, whichever one is less. Okay. Right? So you can put up to basically $58,000 a year into your SEP retirement plan as a business, as a small business owner. Now, so I'm sure that's are, an acronym. What is the acronym for SEP? Self-employment pension. Okay. Yeah. SCP. So, okay, got it. So if if you want to, that that's one way to do it if you're self-employed. The other thing that most people don't realize, even if you're a self-employed or in an individual-owned business, you can do what we call a solo 401k. Hmm. Meaning you can start your own 401k for yourself. Same thing. You can put up to $58,000 a year as of right now. Mm-hmm. for 2021. And so those are some things that you can do whether your employer does it or not. The other side of that coin, so we talked about age and cash flow. The other side of that is start getting real specific on what does retirement looks like for me. Right. Is there opportunities for me to purchase rental properties, mm-hmm. right? If I don't if if a lot of people forget that uh, if I can create cash flow of any kind, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes if I've waited, if I'm at the like later stages or if I gotten started late, what else can I do to play catch up? Right. Mm-hmm. Do I have some knowledge, some money or some time that I can leverage to play catch up? 
So can I leverage my credit and my time and my knowledge? And can I go out and get a rental property, right? Can I start preparing for what I like to call an uncore career? Mm. Meaning I can't do this particular job. I ain't gonna be out here working for these people for another 20, 25 years. Right. However, I don't mind 10 years from now. You know, I've always wanted to be a, be a chef or I've always wanted to be a baker or I've always, everybody tell me how good my pies are or whatever. <laughs> like, what can I do as an encore career mm-hmm. that I thoroughly enjoy doing that I otherwise would do for free, mm-hmm. but I can get paid to do. Yeah. So that way I can take my limited amount of income based on the small amount that I've saved supplement that with maybe some social security and supplement that with working 25 30 hours a week doing something that i love mm-hmm. that's why i like to call it an encore or a gig career right mm-hmm. another thing that you can consider and again these this is not advice mm-hmm. these are just considerations just options. That, just options another thing that most people don't realize especially in uh, communities of color is the power of reverse mortgages so the reason why we stay away from those in our community is that because for so long we were taken advantage of, right. we use them to take our assets. Right. But if done, if structured properly and done correctly, it can be an amazing supplement to retirement and we still keep that asset in the household, mm-hmm. right? And the last thing I think that we can do to, to supplement that and help if we're getting started late, think about how we can downsize or rent out part of our home. Right? If I can't downsize, how can I rent out part of the home? So you're an empty nester now, the kids are gone or they will be gone. The You got a 10 year window and you got started later. We're gonna save hard and grind hard for the next 10 years. Well, let's see how we can either downsize or rent out a portion of our current home and also be intentional through that process of managing debt, mm-hmm. right? So if I don't have a lot saved up, the one thing I want to make sure that I do is like, let me at least be debt free. Right. So if I'm debt free, if I can take that 10 to 15 year window or however much time I got and make sure I don't have a mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. Well, that's $1,500, $1,600 a month that I don't have to be responsible for. Mm-hmm. Now I can live comfortably on less. Right. So I think it's a combination of things. So if you're, you're at that 40 plus window and you've not started, Let's be real intentional to think through a combination of things like, A, let's get started. Like I said, Mm -hmm. can't do it yesterday, do it today. Uh, Can't do today, call me tomorrow, right? So let's get started ASAP making some plans. B, let's be real intentional about debt preservation and not getting a whole bunch of unnecessary debt that's going to make life more stressful. And then the third thing, C, let's just see what we have in our hand. What is it that I, what, what gift, what skill, what talent do I have that I can monetize? Got you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's a wonderful tips. It is. So the last question is probably easy for you. Where can the people find you? Because so they can call you tomorrow. I'm, right. Because <laughs> I'm sure they're going to call with their specifics. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So where can they find you? Yeah. So the first and the easiest place is find me at www.werevealwealth.com. Mm-hmm. That's www.werevealwealth.com. Uh, we can also be found on Facebook at Reveal Wealth, um, in, um, LinkedIn, Instagram, Reveal Wealth. And um, personally, jburnett at werevealwealth.com is my email address. Mm-hmm. And I can be reached on my business sale, 864-360-6723. 
and we will have that information in our episode notes. And now, are we allowed to brag on you, little bit about this this wealth summit? Can we can we say a thing? Can you brag on me? Okay, so right. I'm just making sure I want no smoke. So I got my black on today. D D fam, if you were not there this year, you missed a treat. Um, we talked about it in the past episodes, highlighting that we would be virtual host. Um, we're working on some things for next year. So JB is the brains behind the Black Wealth Summit. It took place in Greenville, South Carolina this year. Um, that first weekend in October that um, passed recently, it was awesome. Amazing. Walked away with several tools. Mm-hmm. Um, attended a few of the breakout sessions and just, it, it was amazing. It so was. you all really check JB out. Um, I, like I said, hit him up every now and then for a little consult just to make sure I'm where I need to be. So yeah, but Yay. he knows thank what y'all. he's doing. Awesome having y'all. Y'all, y'all, y'all made the weekend. It was Aww, so great. Thank you. Thank you. It was so fun. It, it was, was a great a weekend. fun weekend. Fun and, and yes, informative. Like, yeah, fun and informative. Like, how how dope is that, right? Yeah, something. So yeah, it was it was it was wonderful. It was a great weekend. We were so excited. Um, we're already planning for next year. So September 30th, October the first. Make sure you prepare. Uh, it's gonna be even bigger. We already got some amazing speakers that are lined up to come. It's gonna be even better than this year was. It's so phenomenal. And um be a part of that, be a part of that community. So mm-hmm. we're going to have access. So all of our participants have access to our website already. So I, the website, www.theblackwealthsummit.net, theblackwealthsummit.net. But we're going to be opening it up to the public to be, become a part of our community page, mm-hmm. meaning you'll have snippets of some videos. Uh, you'll be able to see some of the stuff that we saw, have some access to some of that stuff. And for a nominal fee, you'll be able to actually see the courses yourself, see those workshops, all the breakout sessions, all the speakers, all the guests, all the information. And every single month, um, every single month, we take a deep dive into a different financial topic. Um, November, we're going to be uh, with attorney LaVon Jones. And we're going to do a deep dive into intellectual property trademarks mm. and all things mm-hmm. related to protecting your brand. Mm-hmm. And uh, you do not want to miss it. So, yeah, we're so excited. Thank you all so much oh, for being here. And we'll be back. Yeah. Yes. So do we have time for a letter? Do you want to? Uh, it's been a while since we gave the people something. We can do one. We can do okay. a quick, quick, quick letter. So <laughs> it's a, it's a, well, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> it's actually a recap. Okay. So remember the diva who her wife took the money out for the art supplies? Oh, yes. She took several thousand. Mm-hmm. And I told her to put it back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So this is a recap on that. <laughs> so dear divas. I wrote a while back about my wife moving funds for her art business. We've been in therapy, and it's been a lot. One thing that she said was that she didn't feel supported when I speak about permission and consulting about moving funds since it's our joint account. I admit I was wrong for breaking down the dollars and cents we each contributed in the heat of an argument, Mm. but I just don't feel a person should be in and out of accounts with shared money without the other knowing about it. We love each other, but money matters have definitely been a hard topic. Mm -hmm. What would you do? And am I being unsupportive for wanting to be consulted about the joint account? Love anonymous. JB, would you like to step in here? Oh, I would love to. I go ahead, to. go ahead. Let, let's um, hear your perspective. 
No, so I agree with Anonymous that um, money matters are so important. And it's so, like, I sit through this, that exact conversation almost every week. Mm -hmm. um, couples are talking about stuff for the first time sometimes in my office. And I'm like, feeling like I'm like the MMA referee where I have to like break things up, right? Mm. Um, so the, 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 the first thing is the same boring stuff I've been saying all day, right? Really create and have a money plan. Mm -hmm. right? If we already have, if we already have a job description for every dollar that's coming into the household, it's not going, there are going to be changed times where we're going to have to do an audible on the play where on the fly, we're like, hey, can we adjust? Can we do this? But mm -hmm. if we already have a plan, then that's going to lessen the opportunities for us to have to move money around and do all this kind of stuff. Yeah. The other thing is um, what I would suggest to Anonymous is really uh, sit down with your wife and just see, hey, babe, how can I support you in your gift? How can I support you mm -hmm. in your art? What can I do to support? And let's make sure that let's let's transition because it sounds like it's a it's a, a potential business or a potential uh, um, um, skill at least that can make some money and be monetized. Mm -hmm. Let's invest time, right? That doesn't cost us anything. Let's sit down. Let's invest time to actually get this business set up and structured properly and treat it like a business mm -hmm. and create a business account that as a joint Come on, account. JB. We're going to contribute to, like, we're going to contribute to your business account mm -hmm. from our joint account. That's going to be me showing you that I support you. I love you. I'm down with you. Mm -hmm. But we're also, it's also going to be me holding you accountable to be effective and efficient and stop treating your, stop treating your business like a hobby. So often we do that. We treat our businesses like hobbies and hobbies cost us money. They don't make us money. Mm -hmm. So let's have a real sit down conversation. If you have to get a third party involved, get a third party involved and set up that business account and voluntarily say, hey, babe, I'm going to contribute 200 bucks, 250 bucks, whatever your budget will allow. Mm -hmm. I'm going to contribute this to your business account every month as a show of solidarity and support for you. Mm -hmm. However, you can't touch this joint account in excess of that without having a conversation. Right. We just at least going to have a conversation. Yeah. So now I'm investing into her business. I'm supporting her. I'm rooting her on, but I'm also setting her up for success and helping her to launch and inviting her to come into me and have conversation because mm -hmm. she know I support her. She know I'm standing by. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no, he crushed that, y'all. I have nothing. I don't. There's nothing for me to say. Actually, because there's no is, more perfect. First answer. of all, nothing I said would have been as is, is, and I wouldn't have that. said that. That was, that was cooperative. <laughs> it was supportive. Because I was still be like, "What you mean? What you mean? We supporting you? Because so it's partly your money." <laughs> Y'all better call JB. Because <laughs> I would be on the other end. When he say MMA, I'd be sitting there like. He done turned this so to a business account where you have to have accounting ability. Yes. LLC. Now, I will offer a little free thing there um, in terms of her not touching money back and forth. If you set up this business account, mm -hmm. this is a little free legal. Make sure you're not co-mingling no your co business and your personal monies because what happens is if she starts saying like oh i need to go to michael's let me use the joint personal account and then i don't know she makes some sculpture that somebody 
child tripped over or something and wants to sue you, <laughs> then mm-hmm. they could say, oh, I can't tell the difference between this mm-hmm. money over here and this money over here because it was commingled. Let me come after y'all as individuals because my child hurt themselves on her sculpture. So just saying, once things are separate, keep that's them it. separate. Right. But I, that's why JB's married. There you go. <laughs> That answer gave me so much joy. I love it. So, (laughs) questions, comments, shenanigans, divaadvice at gmail.com. All right, quick, you got any tips? I do not. I'm just still enjoying awe of the answer. It was was nice. It gave me the bubblies. I could feel you over there like. I was like, look, look at all. I'm going to say, I was like, I'm going to have to put this on my to-do list like once a month. Like, y'all just make a brother feel so great. (laughs) Listen, oh, we got so many topics. You coming back, don't you worry about it. You'll be a regular. You ain't said nothing but a word. (laughs) You stuck with us. Next time I'm going to be on there with my Divas and Duckets t-shirt. Yay! Get your merch. Speaking of, we do have Divas and Duckets products online. Go to www.divasandduckets.com. Go to the shop and you can now buy our merch. Yes. Fellas, you can buy one too. You can buy one for your man too. That's right. We had my trainer, shout out to him, took his shirt off in the gym, his business shirt, his logo, and put on our logo and just yeah. model it around. Modeled a unit. Look, large. looking good in the Divas and Ducket shirts. Okay, yeah. so men, they are for you. Shout too. out to the Devos. That's right. <laughs> so until next time, in between time, we say have a great attitude. All right, bye. Bye. bye.